Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Oh, what's up, New Orleans? What's up across the Gulf South? And what's up to you listening wherever you are today at WWL.com and the Radio.com app. Welcome into the show. It's a day of celebration. Ah, yes, we're going to have three hours dedicated to pure euphoria that we're feeling down here in, in New Orleans and basketball fans because the Pelicans, yeah, they won the NBA draft lottery nearly an hour ago, an hour ago, 24 hours ago from right now. About, oh, was it 7.50 last night? 7.45, 7.50 last night. We found out stunningly, shockingly, that those ping pong balls fell the right way for the Pelicans and they hand the number one overall pick into the NBA draft, or we'll have it. It's stunning. It's incredible. I, I was here at the station. I was getting ready for the moment because I just had to prepare for it. And regardless of where the Pelicans landed in that NBA draft lottery, we wanted to cover it. When I tell you I have never been as simultaneously stunned and excited at the same moment in, in my sports life, anyways... It was true. I'd, I've, I've experienced being stunned. I mean, we all have here in New Orleans with the no call and the Minneapolis miracle last year and the Anthony Davis trade news or what happened with Will Wade. We've been excited countless times in sports, but I don't know if I've ever been stunned and excited as I was in that moment. It was it was incredible. We saw Alvin Gentry going nuts multiple times almost tackling David Griffin at his press conference. David Griffin and his tokens of luck, totems of luck, making the rounds yesterday and today. The Pelicans ticket staff going berserk. That blew up on social media. It was pure joy and pandemonium here. Just pure joy. And we're going to get into all that today. It is going to be three hours of Pelicans talk with a slight break for our Tulane Wednesday, our Wave Wednesday segment at 930. But outside of that, it's all hoops, all Pelicans, all Zion. Here's the lineup today. Ollie Cosell at 820. Jake Madison's coming on at 840. Scotty Alexander at 910. Jim Eichenhofer at 1010. Oh, and we got Carter Bryant coming in at 945. It's going to be an incredible show. Now, with that said, I'm going to open here and I'm going to try to get this out of the way so we can focus on all the, the goods and the hypo- hypothesizing of, of what might happen with Anthony Davis and even with that number one overall pick. But what we saw today was an epic meltdown. And I guess this began last night. But an epic meltdown from the National Basketball Punditry and these big market elitists. We knew it was going to come if whatever small market got the number one overall pick, if that was Memphis, 
And certainly if that was New Orleans. So we knew it was going to come, but the amount of sheer absurdity that we have seen the last 24 hours has been something really to watch. As soon as the Pelicans started celebrating, this backlash started ensuing. We had headlines blaring, well, what if Zion Williamson refuses to play for the Pelicans? Radio mouthpieces today doing multiple segments shouting everybody down that, well, Zion should never even think about playing in New Orleans. Cable sports networks devoting the entirety of their programming today to hypothesizing reasons why the Pelicans, I guess, weren't worthy of the young star's talents? I'll tell you this, and I really mean this, and I am one who is a little bit cynical about our, our discourse over really anything, certainly sports and, and you know, certainly politics, but what amazing times that we live in when the disdain of the elitist big city sports punditry somehow trumps, completely trumps in the eyes of very many, the raw euphoria from one of America's great sports cities, albeit not a big one, but a great one here in New Orleans. This is an us versus them age that I despise, and I suppose the NBA draft lottery isn't even immune to that. This backlash was absurd, but it's also unwarranted. I want to get to a couple of points here before we take a break and get to our first guest, which is going to be Ali Cosell at 8.20. Can we please dispatch with this absolutely silly Pelicans versus Knicks debate? We have so many people across the country today trying to convince us that the Knicks deserve Zion Williamson and the Pelicans didn't. Well, in this millennium, since the year 2000, the Pelicans have won 21 more games than the Knicks. Oh, by the way, the Pelicans have existed at a franchise for two years less this millennium than the Knicks. The Pelicans didn't even exist until 2002. The current owner of the Knicks, James Dolan, the laughing stock of owners certainly in the NBA, maybe in professional sports anywhere. He's banning unhappy fans from Madison Square Garden in droves. He's probably doing that more often than he's winning actual basketball games. The front office is a mess. Meanwhile, the Pelicans, they've got a new dedicated owner in Gail Benson, who is quickly becoming admired around the league. She somehow convinced David Griffin, the most sought-after front office talent in the NBA this offseason, to come here and take control of the team. And then Griffin parlayed that into hiring Aaron Nelson, the most well-respected medical professional in the league. I mean, this Pelicans versus Knicks debate, it's not even close, folks. And that's not me being a homer in New Orleans. If I was doing a radio show in Oklahoma City or L.A. or Seattle or Atlanta or Miami, I'd be saying the exact same thing. The people offering up Zion to New York are either blindly aware of this absurdity, or they're willingly trying to, I guess, execute, uh, uh, subject Zion Williamson to four-plus years of unearned basketball torture. Roster-wise, the Pelicans have a massive advantage right now over the Knicks. You got Drew, 
Julius Randle, and Anthony Davis. Yeah, he's still under contract. That is vastly more formidable than Mitchell Robinson or whoever else you could throw around Zion up there. Even if Davis is traded, you're going to get a King's Ransom back for him. This roster comparison isn't close. This is a fool's tale that the Knicks deserve Zion, and we should just hand wave it away. It's kind of fun to talk about. That's why we're doing it. It's fun to just tear it to shreds. But the more disturbing aspect of this post-lottery discussion has been the earnest desire of far too many people to strip down a small market team to benefit a large market team because I guess that's what they want and they're going to throw a tantrum until it happens. I want to mention that people apparently don't understand odds and probabilities. Now, the Pelicans were very fortunate to win the draft. They had a 6% chance. That's about a 1 in 17 shot. Well, folks, the Knicks had a 60% chance of not even being in the top three. They had a 1 in 7 shot of grabbing the top spot. That's far from a done deal. The Knicks were fortunate to land in the top three. They had a 60% chance of not being there, suggesting the Knicks were robbed of a chance to draft Zion. Well, those people saying that need to brush up on their math skills. More importantly, from an NBA perspective, they got to maintain competitive balance here. There are real built-in disadvantages for franchises in small markets, but we've gone over it before. The, the path to success is there for franchises like San Antonio, Oklahoma City, Milwaukee, Salt Lake City, Orlando. You draft well, you're frugal and wise in free agency, you have resources and allocate them well into building the infrastructure around your franchise, and you can win in a small market. But if the league begins to whittle away at the main pillar for that small market competitiveness, the NBA draft, then the NBA would quickly truncate into about an eight-city league with the rest of the franchises being what amounts to minor league franchises, minor league teams for New York and L.A. and the Bulls and others. This myth that the NBA... I guess some people are trying to perpetuate this, that the NBA is going to be worse off with Zion in New Orleans. What in the hell are you talking about? Seriously, what in the hell are those people talking about? Is the NFL concerned that Aaron Rodgers is in Green Bay? Or Drew Brees is in New Orleans? Or Patrick Mahomes is in Kansas City? What in the hell are these people talking about? Now, thank God that Adam Silver, the current NBA commissioner, understands this. He's moved away from this disastrous David Stern era when he did implement so many policies and made decisions that benefited the large markets to the destruction of some smaller markets. Anybody remember what happened at the, uh, the, what is the Josh Smith thing up in Minnesota when they were drafted, docked multiple first-round picks because, I guess, Stern wanted to make an example of a small market when the Lakers and the Knicks and everybody else were doing it? The NBA's in the best place they've been maybe in their history right now because Adam Silver understands what the NBA has done. The competitive balance. There's no reason to believe the NBA can't thrive with one of their biggest stars in New Orleans. Now, Zion may want to decide he wants to play another year at Duke. I think it's within his rights. 
I don't think it's going to happen. He may decide to request a draft day trade out of New Orleans. He has that right. Not going to work on David Griffin, I don't think. He's a skilled negotiator. But right now, the Pelicans have an incredible amount of leverage in the draft. They've got leverage now in the Anthony Davis trade negotiations. And this is one of the rare times that basketball fans in New Orleans have a real reason to celebrate. And to all the haters, shut the hell up. Welcome back to the show. And outside of that opening rant I just went on, I'm going to be extremely positive the rest of the show, but I had to get that out of the way. That it is absolutely, look, we saw it coming. We knew it was going to happen, that these big market elitists would freak the heck out when any team outside of the Knicks, the Bulls, or the Lakers would have won that draft lottery. We knew it was coming, but the amount of absolutely insane and nonsense takes today deserve to be called out. They deserve to be put in some kind of time capsule so we can call them up every single time one of these morons talks because that's what they are. At least they're being that today. They're being morons. These are very smart people, a lot of them, people I like, but when I have a moronic take, I will admit it. These are moronic takes going on across the country today that somehow the New York freaking Knicks, the most dysfunctional franchise in American professional sports, deserved with a 1-7 in seven shot, a 14% shot to get the number one overall pick in Zion. Somehow they deserved it on a silver platter. I've had enough. I've had enough. And this kind of crap has been ruining our professional sports for far too long. I'm sorry, country, and I'm in 38 states right now. And if you're listening out there, I'm sorry, but there's more to this country than New York, L.A., Seattle, and Miami. And I'm from Seattle, and I love it up there. But this is, this is bordering on absolute just absurdity, if it hasn't already passed it. Goodness gracious. All right, let's bring in Ollie Cosell of the Bird Rights to kind of calm me down here. Ollie, I'm sorry. I am fired up today. I've just I've had it with this national discussion, man. I'm sure you have too. Seth, on behalf of all basketball fans in the New Orleans region, thank you. I mean, you've said a lot of what I've been wanting to say, and I've only tweeted out a few things, but it's deeply upsetting. And you've already mentioned all the reasons, so I'm not going to go into it. But, you know, you almost wish – Although not in the Pelicans, not in this instance to where we would lose out Zion, but you would almost wish just to see roles reversed. Nobody on earth would say anything from a New York market or if he landed in New York market, L.A., none of this. None of this whole, hey, go back to school. Maybe he doesn't want to go to New Orleans. Try and talk him out of it. Put all those ideas out there. It's just ridiculous. It's incredibly ridiculous, and I guess that we'll talk about this later tonight, maybe not with you, that if he makes that decision, that's within his right, but I think it would be a foolish decision because all you know this, next year if he does go back to Duke, this could all happen again. Memphis could win the, the lottery or Sacramento or somewhere else where he doesn't go. I mean, do you think that he's going to go back to school or, or force a trade? I, I just cannot see it happening. I, I guess it's a possibility. I just can't see it happening. Zero percent chance from my perspective. Look, he, he mentioned that he wanted to go back to Duke before any of this, before the draft lottery, because he loved his time there so much. But the reason he left is he can't be that selfish, and he's got to think of his family. He's not going to leave those millions of dollars on the table. He's already almost suffered a horrific injury. There's no way. 
there's just absolutely no way he's going to do that. And of course, not simply because of the fact that he ended up in a New Orleans market. I think he's, fortunately for us, I think he's the type of guy that we can actually have some faith in. This guy loves to play basketball. He has a passion. He has a motor. The answer, we don't see that too often anymore nowadays. So we know what drives this guy, winning, playing the game. That's why he came back. That's why he laughed when people were telling him, hey, look, you had that injury. Don't get back on the court. He's like, he simply said, thank you. But you know what? I never even considered it. I was going to get back on the court. So we kind of have the feel for the mentality that he is. So this is honestly just all this gibberish in the background. I'm almost positive that he's just not going to pay any attention to it. And we won't be talking about this, you know, after the draft and once the Pelicans sign him. <laughs> right. And and by the way, if he was disappointed because New York didn't get the number one pick or L.A., that's, I mean, I understand that. I mean, if the kid wanted to play in New York or L.A., sure, he wanted to. But I think he's going to have people smart enough around him to say, hey, you can't turn down this, you know, $5 million you're going to make. Uh, in year one, we're talking to Ollie Cosell of the Bird Rights, and, and Ollie, just just how big can you quantify it of a moment? Was it last night? What happened to this franchise? It's bigger than when we landed Anthony Davis. I remember, you know, Anthony Davis was a clear choice for the number one pick back back then. People talked about him being a generational talent, but he wasn't on this level. If you remember back, he was considered to be a top defensive player, and he was going to give you a little bit on offense, but nobody expected what he's done. Uh, but Zion, totally different planet. He has set the world afire in college this year. Seth, I know I don't have to tell you, but for those who don't know, he has set all ridiculous types of uh, statistical records. He had a PR over 40. Anytime you're over 30, that's amazing. He went above and beyond above uh, anybody else that's previously been before him. So he's an amazing talent. He's honestly got the whole package. Um, and for New Orleans to land him, especially at this moment in the uh, – timeline of the history of the organization where we're about to lose yet another generational talent it's incredible it really is you can't fathom it and you've got to think at some point the pelicans are going to get it right yeah absolutely you got the pieces and people in place i think ollie if you're on hold by the way hold on we'll get to your calls uh, all in the second half of the hour Uh, is it fair to say that zion is the best talent to enter the draft since lebron is that fair absolutely i see it I mean, that's maybe the one thing we don't know yet is just how much he a playmaking ball vision that he's going to have that obviously LeBron has. But he can affect the game every which other way. I mean, I know he's not knocking down that three ball yet, but you know what? He shot at 34%, and that was an ugly-looking shot. Wait till somebody fixes those mechanics. Wait till this guy that, like I said, has an unstoppable motor, that he gets to work with coaches every day for hours, as many hours as he wants. Because remember, when a kid goes to school, they got to dedicate a lot of time, obviously, to schoolwork, and you're having fun with your friends. So I'm, I'm expecting the world of him, and I think that he can truly become the next, you know, fall in the footsteps of LeBron James. Not Absolutely, too, Seth. Not too much time here left, but chances Anthony Davis changes his mind and stays. Yeah, we've talked about it. I mean, I'm still hovering right around 0% now. Well, it was at 10% for a few months there, but it's as close to zero. And even we heard today rumors that he doesn't want to be here, despite the outcome for New Orleans landing that first overall pick. Suddenly we have the potential to have three stars on the court. That doesn't entice him. He's done. Yeah, I'm with you. Ollie, I wanted to get your opinion up top. Uh, really, thanks for coming on. I know you've been busy today and uh, lots to talk about in the months going forward. We'll talk to you. Thanks so much. Absolutely. Thanks, Seth. Ollie Cosell of the Bird Rights. Got to bookmark that website. Go there every day at Ollie Cosell on Twitter. Back with your calls coming up in the Jake Madison Locked on Pelicans podcast at 840. 
It's the last lap. Myself, Seth Dunlap, and Logan's behind the glass tonight on WWL. David Griffin celebrating the slot at the top of the draft. Number one pick the Pelicans secured yesterday in the wildest NBA draft lottery in history. Welcome back to the show. My column, the Pelicans win the lottery, and the big city elitists immediately melt down. That was just posted about 30 minutes ago or so on WWL.com. Also, the Radio.com app, bookmark and favorite WWL there. And you can find that. I suggest you read it. I take to task all of this nonsense we're hearing across the country today. Jake Madison in 10 minutes. But first, your phone calls at 504-260-1870. That's 260-1870. Our text line's 870-870. Jeffrey on the West Bank kicking it off for us tonight. Uh, Tipping it off, I guess, for basketball tonight. What's up, Jeffrey? Hey, man. Thank you for taking my call. You bet. Two, Two things. One. The Anthony Davis uh, point of view. Anthony Davis is led by Le- LeBron James thinking, so he's not going to change his start. No, I don't think he is. He's not going to change. Do you want him to? I, I don't even necessarily know if I want him to. You know what I mean, Jeffrey? Like, I just feel like it's. It, it, wouldn't it be kind of awkward? I mean, I guess we could get over the awkwardness, so maybe that that shouldn't factor in. But it seems like it would be it'll be a little weird. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, um, to me, you know, I, I, what I would do <laughs> if I was New Orleans, I would trade him. If he changes my, I still, I still would trade him. Yeah, and I think. That is what's going to end up happening, Jeffrey. David Griffin is going to meet with Anthony Davis face-to-face. He's talked to Rich Paul a few times since he got that job, but hasn't had a face-to-face with Anthony Davis yet. I'm told that's going to happen within about the next week. You never know what's going to happen there. David Griffin is a very effective communicator, and he is a very skilled negotiator, and he's very persuasive. I'm not going to completely rule out the possibility of Anthony Davis returning, but I am with Ollie Cosell. He put it at 0%. I might have like a you know a 2%, 5% chance of Anthony Davis coming back. But here's the thing with AD. If he can put his pride aside, and we, who blasted this kid, for, I think rightfully so for some of the decisions that he and his team has made over the past couple months, if we can put our pride aside and realize Anthony Davis, Zion Williamson, Drew Holiday, Julius Randle, that is an, an incredible quartet that I believe could immediately be competitive in the Western Conference. I don't think they could immediately win titles, but in short order, two, three, four years down the road when Zion develops a little bit, I absolutely think they could. Will that happen, though? I don't know. I don't think so. But the haul they're going to get back in a potential Anthony Davis trade is going to be a relative King's ransom. They're going to get impact players and high draft picks. This is an incredibly exciting time to be an NBA fan and a Pelicans fan. Thanks for the call, Jeffrey. We'll go to Jay and Metairie. Jay, welcome to the show. Hey, man. How you doing? Just curious. I mean, I know you probably noticed, but on Twitter the past hour, they're saying that uh, he's definitely committed that he's going back to to Duke. Who's saying that? uh, ESPN. Actually, there's a a tweet from ESPN saying it, uh, that he made that decision. Now, it it just seems like it's ridiculous how, like today, Colin Cowherd and and, uh, Stephen A. Smith just really throwing the city under the bus, man. I just don't get it. It's like, like you said earlier, if they don't get their way, they just, you know, really actually mad about everything. It just seemed like this was great karma that we needed after the no, no call. So my question is you, if this happens, when do you think that would come about if he really is going back to Duke? I don't got, see uh, – well, I just want to clear, Jay, and I'm not sure what you're seeing on Twitter. I have seen nothing on Twitter that 
suggests that Zion Williamson is heading back to school. I don't know exactly what you saw or who told you that they saw something. I actually saw a texter say the same thing. There are people from ESPN suggesting that is a possibility and that Zion hasn't signed an NBA agent and could theoretically go back to school. And that is certainly within his right. I, I will be completely honest with you. If Zion Williamson comes out and says he, he wants to go back to school and wants to go back to Duke, I am going to stay consistent to myself, and I will. I won't begrudge him that at all. I'll be disappointed from a Pelicans perspective, highly disappointed. But that is his right. But here's the thing, and, and why I do not think that's going to happen. I firmly do not believe that's going to happen. The NBA draft lottery is going to happen all over again next year. You're going to have multiple small market teams involved in that lottery with a chance to grab the top overall pick. If Zion goes back to school, there is a, a very good, not even a good possibility, it is probable that he will go to a place that is not New York or L.A. or Chicago or whatever else is his preferred destination. could be Atlanta or Memphis or Minnesota who grabs that top overall pick. Zion knows this. He's a smart kid, and he's got smart people around him. So does he want to go back to school just because New York didn't get the number one overall pick or L.A. didn't? Okay. Well, you're going to go through this all again next year, and it's highly probable that that's not going to happen again. So you're just going to repeat this process. I don't think it's going to happen. I do not think that's going to happen. If something happens with Zion's camp, perhaps they leak something to the media where they're requesting the Pelicans trade that pick. I firmly believe that if that happens, and I don't think it's probable, but if that happens, that David Griffin would plant his feet in the ground and say, okay, Zion, you want us to trade you? Well, too bad. That's not going to happen. So either you're going to play for us or you're going to sit out for four years or you're going to go back to school. That's what I think. I, I, David Griffin's just he's been around this game for far too long he's been in tense negotiations for far too long he's not going to be bullied by anybody I don't care if it's LeBron I don't care if it's Zion or his camp or national media just not going to happen but it is it's a possibility it deserves to be talked about I just don't think it's probable 504-260-1870 that's the phone number give me a call coming up next Jake Madison of the Locked on Pelicans podcast will join us Here's a text from the 504. Yeah, this could be a generational change in the Pelicans organization if they get it right. Yeah, they've got to get it right. And there's, you know, there's no assurity that whoever they draft at number one, we're assuming it's Zion. Hopefully it's Zion. There's, you know, it's nothing's a sure thing, even Zion. But you gotta think this organization is, is putting the pieces in place to be competitive for a very long time. And I thought they were doing that before this miraculous thing that happened last night with them winning the NBA draft lottery. Let's bring on in Jake Madison now of the Lost on Pelicans podcast. Jake is at Nola Jake on Twitter, and you can hear that podcast every day. Emergency podcast last night. Great podcast by Jake. And uh, Jake, I was watching the draft lottery through you. I was in my office and I had on your Twitch stream last night, and you seemed as stunned as everybody else, man. Yeah, it was kind of fun to do last minute to get the in-the-moment reaction for everything, but it was pretty great to have that up there. It's funny because, what, what is it now, seven years ago, the last time I live-streamed my reaction to a draft lottery like that was when they got the number one overall pick. 
to draft Anthony Davis. So maybe I'm good luck with everything, and we need to live stream the lotteries for the future. But, you know, they had a 6% chance to jump up to number one. They only had about a 25% chance, a little bit more than that, to jump into the top four. So I don't think this can really be anything but a surprise. But it's a great surprise. As you said, this is kind of a generational shift now for this Pelicans team. If you nail this and you kind of build properly going forward, you can have a long-term consistent contender here in New Orleans. Can you quantify for for our audience what the difference would be between the seventh pick, which is where they were projected to land, and the number one pick? I mean, can you quantify just how massively different this is? Yeah, you know, to put it in maybe some some other perspective is, you know, the difference between Zion and John Morant, who's expected to go number two overall, is is pretty big. And then the difference between say John Morant and what'll be the fourth pick is pretty big. And it's basically you needed to be in the top three in this draft. Otherwise you were looking at a role player. The top three guys, John Morant, Zion Williamson, and RJ Barrett, those are guys who have all star potential or better, but the rest of the draft doesn't. There's some nice players there. Don't get me wrong, but no one that really kind of stands out when you start scouting them. So jumping into the top four, the top three, and getting the number one overall pick rather than staying at seven where the Pelicans were slotted is definitely just an unbelievably huge moment for this franchise and their rebuild. Have you ever been as simultaneously stunned as excited as uh, I was last night? I don't know if I've ever experienced those two emotions at the same time in that magnitude, at least in sports in my life. I, I didn't really know how to react, man. Yeah, the only other time I could compare it to is when the Pelicans jumped up from four to number one for the draft uh, rights to Anthony Davis, where that happened too. And I was just happy they got into the top three. I was happy they didn't drop. And then, as you know, they kind of do that slow reveal of the teams that are picking, and it goes four, three, and then two. You know, you, you turn from just being happy because you got kind of in a better spot to being ecstatic. And I think it's partially added by the fact that it's Zion Williamson, maybe the most hyped uh, product coming into the NBA draftee since uh, LeBron James. And I think that kind of says something that this is the guy you want in this draft. It's not a deep draft. It's not a draft filled with a number of guys that are all going to be great players. It's Zion Williamson or bust. And luckily the Pelicans didn't bust. And they didn't bust. They didn't even have to make a trade with you know New York or somebody else to get the rights to that number one overall pick. The, the backlash from some corners of the media, national media, and certainly in New York, was inevitable, no matter who got that pick, if it wasn't them. Were you surprised by, again, the magnitude of the outrage across the country today, Jake? No, I mean, it, it's just the way I look at that is, you know, it, national media kind of hits on things at a very high level. They're not going to look, you know, have the nuance that I think people here in New Orleans are looking for with that. The good news is we have a, lump, a number of great local people who can kind of provide that. If I may, the Locked on Television <laughs> podcast is one of them. Shameless plug, um, shameless plug. Yeah, of course, right? So, no, because this is kind of what happens. I, you know, and, and part of it is that, the Pelicans are kind of turning the page and entering a new a new time in their franchise, but that's only occurred for about a month or two. David Griffin hasn't been in here for an extended period of time, and while he's done a lot, number of good things, particularly bringing in Aaron Nelson the, to be their new athletic trainer and head of player recovery, it's only been two months, and they've got eight years worth of kind of this bad aura surrounding them during the Dell Demps tenure. And that just doesn't evaporate overnight, unfortunately. And it shows that the long, the long road the Pelicans have here to kind of change the national narrative around this franchise. We see it here because we're in the midst of it every single day, but I get that it's not kind of permeating throughout 
the rest of the country, the national media. But Zion Williamson is a good step towards that. The hires and, and the moves that David Griffin has made is a good step towards that. And if you can continue to have those little victories every single day that David Griffin talks about, eventually this narrative will change. And I think that's kind of the big thing. They talk, you know, national media speaks highly about certain small markets. Look at Milwaukee right now. And that's because they're winning. That's because they're well run. The Pelicans are on that path. They just don't have the track record to show it entirely just yet. It's Jake Madison of the Locked on Pelicans podcast inside the last lap with us. And Jake, I'm asking everybody on my show tonight two questions. One, what are the chances Zion either requests a trade or goes back to Duke? And then what are the odds that Anthony Davis decides to stay? Uh, the let's start with Anthony Davis in, in terms of deciding to stay. I'll, I'll put it at 1%. You know, I, I don't think there's really much of a chance that he's going to be playing here alongside Zion Williamson next year. You know, we've heard the reports and the rumors saying that even with David Griffin being hired, even with Aaron Nelson being hired, even with getting the number one overall pick and the rights to Zion Williamson, he hasn't budged. I'm giving it 1% because he's at least taking a meeting with David Griffin and they're going to get together and sit down and there's going to be a big presentation. I think for a guy who seems so resolute and wanting to leave here, the fact that he's using his time that way shows there's maybe a 1% chance of having it. In terms of Zion Williamson not coming to New Orleans or not playing for New Orleans next year, I think this is entirely overblown. I'll give that a maybe 5% chance of happening. You know, it's funny that people are saying he should go back to Duke to avoid playing for the Pelicans. Those are a lot of the same people who, after he suffered that knee injury earlier in the year, were saying he should shut it down, he should leave Duke immediately (laughs) and not have to play for him anymore because he needs to go pro right away and get his money. I didn't even think about that. That's incredible, Yeah. yeah. Now they're telling him to forego $10 million, which is what his rookie salary would be. But you've got to think long-term if you're him. And by long-term, I mean 10-plus years down the line. The sooner you get into the NBA, the sooner you start making money, but the sooner you get to your next contract. And then your contract after that. The rookie ones are going to pay you well, but they're not going to pay you the big money, the $250 million contracts that you have a chance to go and get. Those come much later in your career. You want to get to those as early as possible, as soon as possible, if you want that kind of major, major money. And if you sit out for a year and go back to Duke, you're just delaying that from happening. The other thing is, if he does go into the draft and the Pelicans do draft him, they own his rights for three years if he doesn't sign or he doesn't come over to play. It's not like he can just go do something for a year then go right back into the NBA draft like you can in the NFL. The Pelicans have his rights for three years once he's drafted by them. He either plays for them or he doesn't play for them or they trade the rights. And if they don't trade the rights, yeah, you can go play overseas, but it's not the NBA. It's not necessarily the same kind of money that you get, and you're just kind of hurting yourself. So I think very much so that he's going to be here in a Pelicans uniform next season. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, we had a few people bring up the point today that the age difference between uh, Zion Williamson, if he comes here, and uh, Drew Holiday, who we all love, and David Griffin said is a foundational piece, is is 10 years, and our buddy Fletcher Mackle, I'm not sure that I necessarily agree with him, but I think it's a good point that he brings up that, hey, maybe David Griffin seeing that now decides to move Drew Holiday, who has a lot of value on the market. So do you think that's a likely possibility if the Pelicans do draft Zion that Drew Holiday's on his way out? Sure, there's a chance of it if if a team comes in and maybe offers you you know a, a young superstar type player that someone could blossom into, or maybe four first round picks for Drew Holiday. But right now, I think what Drew Holiday brings to the team is so important, and it goes beyond his on court capabilities. This guy has become the leader of the team. He's out there in Los Angeles right now. 
uh, working out with Frank Jackson and mentoring the young guard on the Pelicans team. There's a lot of value in that. And yes, they might have a 10-year age difference, but keeping him around just to provide that that leadership, that mentorship, and show so many of these guys how to be professional NBA players and what it takes and instilling a good work ethic in them. When you get a young guy like Zion Williamson, that's invaluable. And I don't think you move a guy like that unless it's for the world and in just an offer you can't say no to. I don't think they're going to get that for Drew Holiday. I think the only way Holiday ends up leaving New Orleans right now is if he requests out. And the Pelicans want to do right by a guy who's given a lot to this franchise, who's been a model citizen, and just do the nice thing for him and get him to a place where he'd like to be. It doesn't sound like he's going to be requesting out anytime soon, so I expect to see him here next year. Yeah, but definitely not now. The Pelicans have usurped that number one overall pick. How many hands do you need, buddy, to count all the interviews you've done today? been a, a long 24 hours but look i love basketball this is fun i love hearing the passion from people about this team there's an excitement here that we haven't seen in a long time you kind of hear it in the ticket numbers that this team has sold so it's wonderful that we're talking hoops this late in the year which doesn't always happen here in new orleans indeed uh well uh my friends we will do it again very soon thanks for carving out some time tonight exciting times buddy Of course. Thanks for having me on, Seth. Jake Madison of the Locked on Pelicans podcast. Find his podcast that dropped today, LockedOnPelicans.com, and you can find it in the Apple Podcast Store. Seth Dunlap, the last lap, continuing with your phone calls at 504-260-1870. Next. We are about a third of the way through our show, and it's all Pelicans tonight, save for about eight or nine minutes next hour. We're going to have our Wave Wednesday segment, Tulane Green Wave discussion with jacob wash it's nine thirty. next hour though scott alexander at the top also carter bryant at nine forty-five. another big hour a couple of texts coming in on our text line at 870 from the 504 some articles saying the celtics can offer up the grizzlies first round pick since they own it um no i don't i think that was protected matter of fact i know it was um, so I, I don't think there's many picks that the Celtics have over the next few drafts, and they are still certainly in the Anthony Davis sweepstakes. I think now with the way the draft played out, the the heavy front runners for this, probably in order, are the Knicks, the Lakers, the Celtics. Although, look, the Lakers, according to some reports here in the city, are not a candidate for an Anthony Davis trade because of the the anger still inside the Pelicans front office towards how they handled this whole process over the last few months. And the sources uh, could be right. Going live on Facebook right now, WWL radio, Facebook page. This episode is brought to you by progressive insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too, with the name, your price tool from progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.